Hey, I'm Elijah, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Name Tag Sunday. Love seeing your name tags and just to get to know each other a little better. And that usually starts with knowing each other's name. Uh, So that's just wonderful. If you have a Bible, we're in Colossians chapter number three. I did have one other announcement uh, to give for our Waterford location. If you've been with us over the past few years, uh, we have uh, done something called Power of Three. And what Power of Three is, it's a a location-based fundraiser uh, that looks to make improvements to the building. A couple years ago, uh, we had Power of Three for Waterford, and we um, got rid of the beautiful carpet that was in here. And it was replaced, and uh, new chairs and new carpet. And then last year, uh, our power of three was to redo our kids' uh, area. And so we are in the process of doing that. Uh, that is well underway, and we got our bathrooms. And yesterday, they were in here. Last week, they had to put all new plumbing in. This week, they were concreting. And, and so really looking forward to that. Our, one of our deacons, Eric, is leading that project. So uh, those of you who gave to that, we are so excited that... Um, our kids' room needs to be expanded. So just uh, in a short time, we're going to start ripping out walls and uh, expanding that room. Uh, so that is a specific power of three that we've had. And um, today, we're launching our power of three for 2023. And um, uh, it, this power of three is a little less uh, pretty, I guess to say. Because here you're like, okay, new chair, new, new, okay, that's nice, new kids room. Uh, We are in need. Uh, Our gym roof is in really bad shape. And so we are going to replace our gym roof along with, uh, we're going to, uh, this is a wonderful thing. We're going to re-carpet all the hallways downstairs because... There's a lot of traffic on the hallway, which is wonderful. And so that needs to be recarpeted. And then lastly, for our power of three... We're going to redo our front steps. And what that means is when you come to our big white steps, you'll notice that uh, we paint them about every four days. No, uh, the, uh, and um, there's, there's a ton of traffic. And so we're going to uh, have that professionally done, that they're going to come and put a seal down and, and to do that. And so it's just a specific power of three that we have. If you'd like to give to that uh, on top of your offering, you're welcome to do it as it's just a specific goal for our location uh, to raise that, to, to get that done. So I just wanted to let you know about that. All right, well, let's pray, and then we're going to dive into God's word. Lord Jesus, we love you. We sure do praise you. Thank you for our church. Pray you continue to lead and guide us, Lord. And Oh, God, I pray for this morning. May it be a tool used by you. And we sure pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that um, our ears will be open to your truth. We thank you and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Lord, if you've been with us, we're studying the book of Colossians, which is a letter written to the church in Colossae that Paul wrote. And um, what we're doing is we're looking at the purpose and the plan of the church. Why do we do what we do? What is this? And, and so last week as we dove in and they're studying and then along with our growth community studying even more, uh, we are studying about uh, the church here and what happened. And last week we read the verse in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 that says, therefore as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. This is what the church is. The church is who? The church is people who have received Christ Jesus as Lord. And the Bible says for us to walk in him. This means we have a newness of life. We have a different way that we live, a different way that we talk, a different way that we walk. And I love it says we walk in him. And just this beautiful blessing of what is the church? We are people who are in Christ. We're people who are chosen, loved, adopted, redeemed, forgiven. This is a wonderful thing of knowing. It is a wonderful piece of knowing that we have our salvation in him. As we've been talking through Colossians, we keep coming back to these words that as the river, we're called to reach, to gather, and to grow. So last week about reach, that we've been reached with the gospel of Jesus So this week we're going to study what does it mean to gather? What has God called the church to do? God has called the church to gather together. And to do that, we're going to study Colossians 3. Now, Colossians 3, the beginning, I think may be the most clear, precise, maybe even like, you don't even have to be a scholar to understand. It is so plain. It says, hey, church, this is what it looks like for you to gather together. It is, it is I, I would dare use the word, it is one of the easiest passages of Scripture that explains what the church looks like as they gather together. I ran across this quote by Mark Twain that said, most people are bothered by those passages of Scripture which they cannot understand. But as for me, I have always noticed that the passages of Scripture which trouble me the most are the ones I do understand. One put it like this, Scripture is easier read than done. And so here, the Bible tells us what the gathering of the church looks like, and it gives us specifics. See, in Colossians 3, 1 says, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the hand of God. Set your mind on the things above. Skip over to verse 12. It says this, put on then as God's chosen, holy, and beloved. And it tells us what to put on. Here in the passage, the scripture spells out, as we gather together, what the dress code of the church is. And some of you, it just went off. <gasps> you're wearing a shirt for an, you're wearing a suit for an illustration, aren't you? You're not going to start wearing suits every week, are you, pastor? I was sweating before I even walked up here. 
You may say, wait a minute, Pat, you, you have the suit on so that we can see. Yeah, here the Bible tells us in an illustration of clothing, it says, hey, if you're a Christian, this is the dress code for the church. This and, and my sermon this week is, is church clothes. That's what it's titled. What do we wear? Now, some of you who grew up in the church, like, and every week, you had to dressy, dressy. Anybody like that? Raise your hand. Dressy, dressy. See, in my household growing up, we didn't have dress shoes or dress socks. You know what we had? Church shoes. Church socks. That's what they were called. And you had to dress up. Now, who in here would say, Pastor, when you talk about coming to church, I don't even really think about what I wear. It's never been a concern. Anybody in here like that? Say, hey, that's me. And to that I say, amen. How wonderful that we go, hey, church is not about the cloth clothing that we wear. Who cares about this? But what is important is the spiritual clothing that we wear. Because we can fake look and put on a suit, get all, yes, I'm a wonderful Christian. But the truth is, what is our spiritual clothing? So throughout the sermon today, don't get sucked into thinking I'm talking about this, because I'm not. Because when the Bible says to put on these things, it is talking about the spiritual clothing that we're called to wear. And when the Bible here says to put off or to take off those types of clothes, we're not talking about a coat or a tie or a shorts or a sweatshirt. We don't care about that. But what we do care about is that we as the church are called to dress different spiritually. And here the Bible says it plainly. So in verse 12, it says this, put on then. And honestly, this isn't like, ooh, this is a clever illustration, Pastor. No, this is just, this is the Bible's illustration. The Bible is using this picture of clothing. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And I loved how it starts there because it says, hey, your identity is in Christ, chosen, holy, beloved. This is who you are. And Paul, as he uses this, if, if, if you know the Old Testament, you know that the Old Testament, what were the followers of God's identity? Well, they were chosen ones, holy, beloved, same thing. And now we know this is the identity of the church. So it says, put on then compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, Bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
Here we see the church clothes, the spiritual church clothes that we're called to wear. So I'd like to take you through these verses. And as I read this, I hope you hear how important, how important over and over again it said, one another, do this with each other, teach and admonish and sing, knowing that the church is something we do together. Anybody who goes, you know, I follow Christ and I'm just, I'll be by myself, that's crazy talk. It is not what the Bible says. And here we see the church clothing. So let's walk through it. First, my first point is this, church clothes have a style. Church clothes have a style. Well, what's the style? You remember, remember eight o'clock back in the day, that style that you wore? You remember it? It was the coolest style, right? I mean, I think it was the second coolest style because when I was in high school, that was the coolest style. Baggy jeans, shirts that were bigger, like double X shirts when I weighed 155 pounds. It was great. Sleeves went down to my wrists. That, that was the coolest. So yours was probably second. And I let, after the gathering, you can tell me about what that style was, all right? But church clothing, the spiritual church clothing, they, they have a style. And the Bible tells us what the style is. It says we're to be dressed with compassion. This is mercy toward other people. Listen, church, as I've studied it this week, I've been thinking about wearing church clothes. Yesterday, as I was out in the world, I kept having this thought come back to me. Am I wearing church clothes? Oh, just so you know, church clothes aren't just for in here. Again, we're talking about the spiritual. Like, we don't just dress up spiritually on Sunday. Church clothes are, be, are to be worn every day and everywhere that we go. If we know Jesus, we should have this style upon us. What does it look like? Compassion. To have this mercy, this concern, specifically to people who are hurting. Why? Because it's what Jesus did. Matthew 9.36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And maybe you're new this morning, maybe you're new to watching, and you just need to hear, Jesus has great compassion for us. He has specific compassion for you. He knows everything that's going on, and you see Christ's heart of mercy for us. And we're called to have this style. One said it like this. It is this divine quality. Like James 5.11 says how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This church style then is to be compassionate and humble. As one said, not a cringing or a groveling or a thinking poorly of ourselves. That's not what it means to be humble being humble is something that crushes our pride. Being humble is when we get to a place of knowing who we are in light of knowing who he is. See, it puts us in place. It, it puts God as glorious and great, and we humble ourselves. 1 Peter 5, 5 says this, Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another. 
For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. See, I told you this wasn't my illustration. This is the Bible's illustration. This is our clothing. We're we're to be humble. Humility, what is it? One said it's an antidote for self-love that poisons relationships. Being humble is lifting others up. Goes on and says we're to be compassionate and humble. We're to be kind. This means we're to be thoughtful and considerate. And often this is to people who don't even deserve it. We're called to be caring. We're called to think about the clothing that we wear as we drive our car and as we're at our work. Do, do, do we have the style of being kind? I know for me it's so easy to not. I know for me, if I am not careful, I can allow my heart and my spirit to drift from having a style of compassion, humility, and kindness to a place where I just want justice to be done. Where, where I look and go, man, I hope they get what they deserve. Or I come to a place where I can move to anger, to wrath, or to malice. I can move to a place where instead of looking at somebody who is a mess in sin, instead of looking at them with compassionate eyes, I look at them as a mess and can go, man, I'm sure glad they're getting what they deserve. It's so easy to move there. But here Jesus plainly and clearly says, hey, you've received me as Savior. You know my grace. You know who you are in me. You know that I've saved your life. You're now called to dress like Christ. And listen, we can only do that through Christ. It is not trying, me trying hard enough that I'm going to find that compassion It is me living a life in Christ and through his power. May I love like he loves. This kindness. Then it says gentleness or meekness. This is not being weak. This is not being spineless. This is having power under control is what gentleness is. It is having power to do what the Lord has called you to do in those situations. One of my favorite illustrations in, in defining meekness is uh, a few years ago, a man in our church who was, who was passed, he had one of these really awesome, sweet, I think it was a 2019 Corvette. It was, I mean... And one day he came to me and said, Hey, Pastor, you want to go for a ride? And I was like, Let's go for a ride. Then we drove around a little bit and he said, hey, pastor, you want to drive? And I was like, yes, sir, I do. Remember getting in that thing and it moves, not kind of, sort of, but this was like, and and the problem is in Waterford, like it was like hit the gas pedal. Oh, I'm over the speed limit. And that was two seconds. But he had told me, he said, you know, pastor, on good days when the weather is correct and I got my tires warm. He lived out by M5, so he said, you know all those roundabouts out there? There's about six in a row. He says, I can take each one of those at 60 miles an hour. 
That is a sports car. You know what that is? That is power under control. Why don't you try doing that in your minivan? Can your minivan do 60? Well, sure it can. Can it do those curves at 60? Not a chance. As a Christian, we have power under control. Just like that sports car. Yeah, it had power. It can lay it down. We as Christians are dressed. What does it look to? Because of the power of Christ. When people do things, we have the power to respond like Jesus. This is the style. As we gather to get our church clothes, what is it to look like? And what is so sad is if you'd ask people in the world, what, what kind of clothing the church wear? Would they first go to compassionate and kindness and humility? The last one is patience. The definition is a measured response to others in the face of opposition. Is this our style? Is this our spiritual clothing? If we know the Lord. Let's keep reading and get down to verse 13. It says this, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. See, first, church clothes have a style. And secondly, church clothes are made to get dirty. See, the verse says, bearing one another's burdens. This word bearing, what does it mean? It means lifting up something that is heavy. It's, it's a willingness. Now again, don't you fall into regular clothes. We're talking about spiritual clothes. That we're called to lift one another up. We're called to care for one another. We're called to care for one another. And listen, can I tell you something? There's a lot of people in the church that are heavy. And what I mean by that, they, they are spiritually heavy. They can wear on you. They, 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 you know. And if we're honest, there's probably a time, and man, I've been heavy to other people, but this is the church. We're called to bear one another, to care for one another. That's why I say to spiritual church clothes, they get dirty. Why? Because we work for one another. I can't wait till next Sunday. Next Sunday, we have a good old-fashioned church work day. And I so look forward to it. And you think, well, why, Pastor, you're just going to get the ground sex. No, I look forward to working with you. I love it. I love to gather as the church. To be honest with you, about a year ago, the elders of the church, we realized we were heading in a direction with the church that we didn't like. And we changed it. The direction that we headed is that we felt like as a church, we were moving toward what I would call like a white collar church. And what I mean by that, if, if something needed to be set up, we'd call somebody who's hired to do it. If we needed something to fix, we'd call somebody and pay for it to be done. We, we were moving toward a white, like we just, let, let's, let's find somebody, we'll pay for it to be done. And we realized that's not what the church is. We're happy to be a blue-collar church. What do I mean that? We're, we're gritty. If something needs to be done, you know who I want to call? You. I want to call you and go, hey, how do we get this done? 
I love we're doing our kids' room. And you know what's happening? Eric and Chris and all these guys, they're serving. They go, hey, how can I use what the Lord has given me to bear the burdens of the church? This is what the church is called to be. How can I carry away? How can I use the gifts and the abilities to come together and to work together and to serve the Lord? See, church clothes are made to get dirty. And it's difficult sometimes. In verse 14, the Bible says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. The third point is church clothes have stitches of love. Church clothes have stitches. What do I mean? Love is what binds our clothing together. Love. Do you, you ever have that child? He's five years old and he's got his new shirt on and he goes, Hey, mom, I got a string here. It's right here, mom. Look, if I pull it, it gets longer. Hey, mom, look, if I do this. And what happens? You got to go buy a new shirt or you get the sewing machine. Why? Because it comes apart. And here, the Bible says, what holds the church clothing together? It's the stitches of love. It's love what holds our attire together. It's the true love of Christ. It is working to love one another. One said putting on the practical righteousness of Christ is fitting for all occasions. There is no situation or season in life when clothing ourselves in him is inappropriate or inadequate. One said, love is the glue that produces unity in the church. Love, not a feeling. Love is an action that we're called to live out. It is when we look out for the best interest of that other person. Philippians 2.3 says it so clearly that we are to look out for others before looking to ourselves. True Love. Verse 15. The Bible says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The fourth point is this church clothes have rules. Oh, I knew this was coming. There's always rules about clothing what you can wear and can't wear. But here the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule. What rules the wardrobe of the church? Christ's peace. This word rule here, this word comes from the umpire. It's the one who is the decision maker. Eight o'clock when you're growing up and your daughter came out. Were you the umpire? No, no, not wearing that one to school. Here the Bible says, who's the umpire of our church wardrobe? The peace of God. John 14, 27 says, my peace I give you. It is not the peace. It is not just the peace we experience when there is no conflict. It is a peace. It is a wholeness. It is a completeness. 
only found in Christ. See, if we know the Lord and are rooted in the Lord and grounded in the Lord, when adversity comes, when difficulty comes, we can still rest in the peace of God. And listen, this isn't a legalism of do's and don'ts. It's because if, if you know Christ, we dress differently. If you look back in the verses before, uh, before verse 12, go to verse 5. See, verse 12 through 17 tell us what to put on, but, excuse me, verse, yeah, verses 12 through 17, but verses 5 through 10 tell us what we need to take off. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness. Here the Bible says, hey, there's this picture of what we need to put off. And, and it says this, put to death. It doesn't mean to kind of, sort of. It means for some of us, we need to light some of those clothes on fire. That we need to go, hey, th- this is not who I am anymore. Think about that time. When you had to go, you're in the yard. I think about the time I had to go up in the attic on a summer day and I had to work in the attic and it's a little warm. So just you're in the attic and there's all the blown in insulation that you're like, you just like to swim in. So you're in the attic swimming in the blown in insulation. You're, you're for me, just, just sitting there and it's like a faucet off of my head as I'm sweating So I get done what I need to get done in the attic and I get out and I think, man, if I can just be clean again, thankful, right? So you go get clean. You get Q-tips. You so want to be good and shampoo and then shampoo and then shampoo. But think about it. After you get clean, just think about my wife. So I do that. It's nighttime. I get clean. And right before I get in bed, I reach down and I pick up the clothes that are sopping wet, saturated with everything that was in the attic. And I put those back on and then I jump into bed. This is what the Bible is telling us about having a new life in Christ. It is saying, hey. If you're new, you have a war, you, you are founded in Christ, a new way to live. Then why do you, some of you go back to the old stinky clothes? You know what it does. You've seen what it does. You, you've seen the destruction in your life. And that's why it says, hey, you know what you need to do? Burn the clothes. And it's, it gets specific here. In verse 5, it gives a list of sexual sins. And in that, you'll find a Greek word, pornea, which points us to what? Pornography. It is even 2,000 years ago. You know the sin that is destroying our culture now? Same sin destroying the culture back then. Sexual sin. And it says, if, if this is who you are, Christian, sir, you got to st- stop putting back on the old clothes. You figure out, hey, I can't do that. 
I, th- I think about for me, there was a time in my life where I played five softball games a week. Double headers on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, played a game on Thursday, played turn. I loved it. I haven't played softball in eight years. And one of the reasons I don't play softball, you want to know why? Because I struggle to wear church clothes when I play softball. Sir, if there's a place in your life where you struggle to wear church clothes, you got to get away from it. And maybe the struggle is you got a TV in your house. Well, is this legalistic? No. But for some of you may go, man, if that's in my house, I know what I'm going to fall into. For some of you, it may be a phone. These aren't making up lists and rules that don't do this. It is saying, is there something that is leading you back to putting on the old way of life? You keep reading in this section of scripture. It talks about sexual sin and then it talks about social sin. You keep reading. It says, verse 7, In these you once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk. What, what is this? This is talking about These social sins. The word malice is an intention of evil toward another person. Slander is when you try to defame someone and how you talk about them. Filthy language is this harsh and abusive talk. And it's sad to think that many people, when they describe the church, say, oh, that's what they do. They gather together in their prayer groups just to speak Harshly about one another. And I encourage you, be convicted when you're talking to someone and you, instead of speaking kindly and compassionate, you speak malice. It's a new way to live. As I was studying this week, I came across a story, a story that was from the century past is what the book said. And it talked about a lady and they called her Warrior Brown. And the reason they did this is because this lady had a temper that she would, especially when she would get drunk, she would come after people. It talked about this lady that said one day she came to know Jesus as her savior The story said that she came to an open meeting and she went and said, hey, I just want everybody to know, I've come to know Christ as my Savior. The Holy Spirit has changed my life. And the story says as she was saying this, that someone took a potato and they threw it at her. The story says it hit her. As I read, it said if she was Warrior Brown, she would have responded in a way of anger and hate. But it says she reached down and picked up the potato and put it in her pocket and kept talking. 
few months later as they had what the story said, the harvest festival. The story says that she came and she had a small bag of potatoes. Small bag of potatoes to give. She said, you know, when that potato hit me, I picked it up and I put it in my pocket and I went home and I cut it up and I put it in the ground. And now I bring that as increase. That what the Lord has done for me, it's changed how I respond. It's changed my life to live differently. So these church clothes, I have one last one for you. Is that church clothes are not about drawing attention to you. It's all about drawing attention to the Lord. When you read verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Speaking to the church as we gather, what do we do? We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. This is the gospel, the good news of Christ, that Christ died on the cross and he rose again. That if we will trust him as Savior, as the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll save us. It goes on to say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Again, you can't do this on your own. Why? Because we're called to teach. This is the positive side of what the Lord says. It's so exciting this week as we really kicked off our growth community. What are you doing? You gather together, teaching and studying God's word. Teaching. And then the word admonishing, that's the negative side. What that means is we're called to warn each other. To say, hey, this passage of scripture, you're you're walking down this road. Hey, I, I just want to warn you, don't do that. Don't go put on the old clothes again. teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And then it says this, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart to God. I love how it doesn't just say singing hymns to the Lord because eight o'clock you would think you're right in your way of singing. It says there's multiple ways to sing. See, there's, there's psalms. What does psalms mean? That This is scripture. We sing the words of God to the Lord. Hymns, what is that? One said it this way. Hymns are a praise to the Lord. It's why we sing. And spiritual songs, that's what they sing at 1030. No, 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 no. This is just saying we sing scripture. We sing thanksgiving. And we sing in joy of what the Lord has done. Tell you what, as Pastor Phil leads us in worship, that is his desire that we sing the word and we sing with thanksgiving to God and we praise him for what he has done. That's why we sing and what we sing. So as we gather together just to challenge church, What are you wearing today? Maybe if you're honest, you have clothes ready to fight. 
maybe if you're honest, you're dressed for adultery. That in your heart, what's your spiritual clothing? And if we know the Lord, may we fight to run after the Lord, to serve him, to gather as the church. as the church that we're called to be. You know, this last week as we had 9-11, maybe some of you did this, but I, you know, turned on some of the shows that they had. I was watching one of the shows. A man was on there and he said, I was on the 83rd, 81st floor and I was stuck and I couldn't get out. And the story told of another man who was on the 84th floor and he was coming down and he heard this man yelling and he ran across and the man who was stuck told his story and he said, you know, at that time I started talking to the God I didn't know. The man who tried to rescue him came across and he said I had to jump over this wall and he caught me. And when he caught me, I looked at him and I said, Sir, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Because he so wanted to know at that time, who is Jesus? And the man who caught him said, You know, when I caught him and he asked me that question, I, I don't know, I, I just said, You know, I go to church every Sunday. Can I tell you? I don't want to be a church that just says, hey, this is where we go every Sunday. I don't want to be that. I want to be a church that looks like Jesus. I want to be a church that when people come, they don't go, well, that's just what people go and do on Sunday. No, I want to be a church that said, no, this is what we go and do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. That we are compassionate, caring people. That we are not a perfect church, but that we fight to lay down the old way of life and to put on the new. That we fight that, that because of what Christ has done in our life, when people ask, hey, do you know Jesus? We're able to give them the answer. Yes, I know Jesus. He saved my life and he can save yours. And we can tell them what Jesus did on the cross, that he died for our sins. And that only through him may we be saved. I sure want to keep growing to be the church that God's called us to be. We stand, please. Lord Jesus, I praise you and I thank you for your word. And we listen and follow you, Lord. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.